Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. If you want to feel fresh, look good, and smell clean, you don't need a whole makeover or a lot of cold, hard cash. You just need grooming products from Bravo Sierra, the company that makes simple, all-U.S.-made, non-toxic products everyone can afford. Bravo Sierra's line of body and hair wash, deodorant, shaving cream, sunscreen, body wipes, and moisturizer are field-tested by those who work it the hardest active service members of the U.S. military. They have pioneered an unprecedented large-scale testing program with 1,000 active duty service members with a simple idea. If the products work for them, they will work for all of us. But it doesn't just stop there. Bravo Sierra also gives back 5% of their sales to programs that help the military and their families. Men's Health Magazine calls it a game-changing grooming line. Try the Bravo Sierra Starter Set for free. It's three of their best-selling products, full size. You only pay $6.95 for shipping, for a limited time only. Just go online to bravosierra.com slash SiriusXM. That's bravosierra.com slash SiriusXM for your free starter kit. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray, fresh out of getting root canal, joins me. Boy, he was in a great mood today talking about Monday Night Raw from last night, especially how Raw started with Randy Orton and Matt Hardy, how good it was and how it could have even been better. Bully gives his take. Also, we get into Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. After what we saw last week, what changed in Shayna Baszler's character and are we more behind the character of Becky Lynch? Also, Bully and I get into NXT TakeOver from this past Sunday, especially Rhea Ripley and the challenge that we're getting from Charlotte Flair going into WrestleMania 36. And could it be Bianca Belair getting entangled in what we're going to see at WrestleMania? All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Now, I had the day off. Uh, because of they they may actually made me take the day off. I didn't want the day off, but it's yeah, like yeah. it's a company holiday. And then I had yeah, you didn't, you didn't take it off though. No, listen, I heard I'd all ra- about it. I'd rather be here than working on the honeydew list that Violetta had for me on a Monday. I'm not talking about that. What are you talking about? You, you, it was President's Day. Yes, you had the day off. I did. Okay, stay home, spend it with your family, but somebody. Had to call in yesterday, didn't they? Just couldn't stay away from the show. Just couldn't stay away from getting his shit in, right? That's right. Got to get my shit in, brother. Yeah. I heard all about it. And we're going to talk about it today. Are you talking about my uh, power rankings? 
what do you think I'm talking about, Joe from New Jersey? Bully. It was 10 o'clock on a Monday, and it is You had the day off. It was a national holiday. A national holiday. You had the day off, but still you had to pick up your phone, call in, and take time away from Dreamer and the other the other guy that was running the show. Jonathan Hood. Jonathan Hood. Who did a great job. Dreamer and Hood were very good together. On the Dreamer show and Hood. Hood and Dreamer. Yep. Pick a Einhorn. <laughs> well, I had to get my power rankings. And I wasn't going to do it, but there was such raw emotion from the busted open nation as it got closer and closer to 10 o'clock, whether I was going to do my power rankings or not. You know how I am with the nation, boy. I could not let the busted open nation down, so... I had to call in and give my power rankings. Now, I saw, maybe it was Joey from New Jersey. I had to get my way in because I didn't think they'd let me on if I actually called in as myself. I'm a Dave LaGreca guy. There you go. Thank you. You actually had to come up with a fake name yes. and call the regular line mm-hmm. because you knew that if you called the hotline, Alex Metz would have never let you on. You wouldn't have been let on your own show. Well, here's the thing, Bully. Alex Metz was off because of the holiday as well. It was a company holiday. They don't let you in the building if you're a full-time employee here at SiriusXM. So it was people I don't even know who they were. It was like Kelly. was. I was like, I thought maybe Gabby. And I, I texted Gabby, and Gabby didn't answer. And I'm like, oh, boy, she might be sleeping. She's got the day off, too. It was somebody named Kelly. have no idea who it was. So, Kelly Kelly was working the board? Yeah, Kelly Kelly. You know, she had problems running the rope, so now she's answering phones for Busted <laughs> Open. But, yeah, I did get my power. But I didn't know about your root canal. I'm sorry to hear that. Root canal's a bitch. Uh, I got to tell you, it was it was it's crazy. I must have had a crack in my tooth, a small crack in my tooth that has been there for a while. And then last week, you ever eat, like, wheat bread that has all those, like, oh, the drill. Did you get drilled? Oh, I got drilled. (laughs) Oh, yeah, did I get drilled. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) I bend that one. Start drilling. But I got to tell you, uh, so I must have got like uh, one of those giant seeds, like that's on a piece of wheat bread that jammed into the the crack in my tooth. Mm -hmm. And then Pillman, that stiff prick the other night, popped me right in the jaw with a live round. He paid for it, but he loosened the tooth up. So I, uh, it's Sunday. I'm in Chicago. I have to fly home. Uh, I'm all jacked up on pain pills. And I made a phone call to a friend of mine whose wife is a dentist, and she got me in on a Sunday at 5 o'clock. What? With, yep, yep. I got, I got friends you got, in low You got, places. yeah, no, you got friends in high places if you get able to get a dentist at I 5 o'clock a on a Sunday. She left her house. She met me at her practice. She uh, stuck some stuff in my mouth, and she's like, yeah, you got a crack, too. She gave me x-rays. She did all this stuff, and she's like, root canal. I'm like, all right, what, what day should I come back? And she's like, right now. And I'm like, you're going to give me a root canal at 5 o'clock on a Sunday? She's like, yeah. I'm like, how long is this going to take? She's like, two hours. She threw on the XFL on the TV. She put me back. She stuffed, a, she stuffed some cotton in my mouth, some numbing gel, a couple of shots right in my mouth. Normally, I get them in my ass, but boom, she put it right in my mouth. My mouth was completely numb. Done. You would have loved me, LeGrec. I couldn't talk for two oh, hours. Oh, boy. And then she proceeded to drill. What was that movie? What was that movie when that scary dentist was coming at the guy with the drill? And he was going to drill in his mouth. It's like some kind of war movie. Oh, uh, Marathon Man. 
Yeah. And then she just drilled away. But Dustin Hoffman. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. I still have a headache, though. That's the crazy part. My tooth doesn't hurt as much, but my head still hurts from the drilling. Well, um, that sucks. But I'm glad you're able to come in and do the show today. Oh, I'm sure you're ecstatic. Can't say I missed you yesterday because I didn't do the show, and if I would have called in with my power rankings, you would have never taken a phone call. So, you know, everything uh, goes well that ends well, I guess. So, Did you ever have uh, mouth work done? Uh, yes, I have many times. Uh, this was my first time. You've I've never, never had a ca- really never had a cavity. Never had a cavity in my life. They they examined me again the other day. No cavities. No nothing. No no teeth problems at all. And then all of a sudden, this crack just got worse and worse. Pillman, stiff prick. By the way, really good match with Brian Pillman Jr. Warriors of Wrestling. If you missed it. It's available on Fight TV, so go to Fight TV and watch the replay. Really good match. Did we get him over? I think you did. Mission accomplished. Fans seem to love it. He, st- he, he did a pretty good job. Tough kid. Yeah. I, my, my, I was watching my wife. She has a problem with the, uh, with the mullet, but hey, to each his own. Yeah. That flock <laughs> of seagulls mullet's got to go. <laughs> But very, very good match. I thought Warriors of Wrestling did a, a really, really good job. And it's glad I'm glad to have you back on a Tuesday, Bully, because we have a lot to talk about. We, we're going to go back, obviously, at some point and talk about TakeOver and give our take of what took place on Sunday after your drilling. And then, of course, we got to break down Monday Night Raw. And I think the biggest thing coming out of Raw from last night is where Raw started. And once again, another appearance by Randy Orton. We're supposed to have a match with Matt Hardy and Randy on the show yesterday. Matt Hardy was not cleared, medically cleared, to take on Randy Orton. But Matt Hardy came out. And, man, we just got another beatdown courtesy of Randy Orton. Um, I enjoyed everything that I saw from Orton and Hardy. Every last little bit of it that was performed by those two guys really, really worked. You know what I didn't enjoy? What's that? Everything I didn't see. And everything I didn't see didn't come from Randy or Matt because Randy and Matt did everything that they could have possibly done. It's all the little things that weren't done to make that segment an angle more believable or you know more credible and more more realistic and i have a funny feeling dave me and you are going to have the exact same opinion on last night's uh stuff between randy and matt so i'll just i'm just going to fire one shot at you what's the number one thing that they could have done last night dave to made that make that angle that segment that story more realistic well i i think at some point we've talked about this many times but the first thing i thought of is once again like nobody coming down to help there was the you know matt hardy is getting a beat down that watching it was you know, you actually felt for Matt Hardy, and it went on forever. And the only people that came out to help were a bunch of referees that were outside the ring yelling. Once again, nobody came out to help Matt Hardy. And not only did the ref, it was just referees. I believe I counted two referees who came down once the violence had escalated to a very high level. And then they were there for a second, and then they were gone. It's like, 
I don't understand why it's so difficult to send down the cavalry. Why is it so difficult to send down just a couple of, of wrestlers to try to stick up for Matt Hardy that Randy can wind up laying out anyway? Or send out more referees or create more of a sense of chaos and confusion. It, that's the part that, that has me scratching my head because it's such an easy thing to do. You take Randy Orton and Matt Hardy and they are delivering on, uh, on a top-tier level. They are telling an incredible story. The level of trust between those two men is at an all-time high uh, because of the physicality that Randy did to Matt and Matt just laying there perfectly still, trusting another man not to cave in the back of his skull. I mean, Matt Hardy, you saw Matt Hardy come to Edge's rescue. He didn't have to, especially because of the history with Lita. Yep. But not one person in two weeks Wants to come to match rescue? Now, I could understand last week. All right, fine. But this week was so long and drawn out. Man, not, not, not a one? <clears throat> not a Cedric Alexander? Not a, not a Zack Ryder? Not a, not a anybody? Nobody wants to come and, 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 and stop Matt Hardy from getting his brains caved in? And if Randy told us, that Matt was in the back trying to get cleared by doctors. How the hell did anybody let him out there in the, in the first place? I mean, am I am I looking too deep? Because this seems like real obvious stuff to me. It's 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 difficult because I'm thinking as you're talking, and and I was thinking this last night as I was watching the segment. Like, I don't know if the segment would have the same impact if people did come out to help Matt Hardy. But like you said, you could have had like a Cedric Alexander or a Zack Ryder come out there and just get laid out by Randy Orton and then have the segment end with, man, you want to take somebody to the next level? Drew McIntyre comes out there and clears Randy Orton off the scene. And then that's how the segment ends. I got to disagree with you there. Why is that? Now you're cl- because now you're clouding it. There's no reason for a Drew McIntyre to be there. Drew McIntyre is in a story with Brock Lesnar. Okay, that's where they're going with Drew. You don't want to cloud things. You don't want to cross the streams. So Drew would not have been a good. But you don't want anybody there that's going to have to be forced into the angle if they do show up. You want to send people down. You want to send unlikely heroes. You want to send down some wrestlers who are in the back that just happen to be watching on the screen saying, hey, man, we got to go help Matt Hardy. How come when Matt Hardy came out, we didn't have doctors in front of him saying, no, Matt, you can't go out there. You can't go out there. You can't go out there. Randy just told us that he was trying to get cleared by doctors. So if Matt would have came out there and I would have seen one or two doctors trying to stop him from coming out, I would have been, okay, they connected their dots right there because the doctors are trying to stop him. If I would have seen a couple of producers from WWE, if I would have seen like an Adam Pierce or a, um, some, uh, or a Fit Finley or some of the other producers going, you can't go out there. You can't go out there now i get it they're trying to stop him they're trying to save matt hardy from himself they're trying to save matt from randy 
But then Matt tells these guys, you got to get out of my way, man. You got to get out of my way. You know what he did was wrong. Come on, Fit, you were a wrestler. You know this was wrong. Come on. Come on. Um, um, uh, who, who's the other guy? Adam, just said? Like you said, like you said, Adam, Adam Pierce. Pierce. Yeah. Come on, Adam. You know this. You, you know this is wrong. And those those wrestlers, those producers, kind of look down and away, <clears throat> and they walk. They you know they walk away. And now Matt Hardy goes to the ring, and now we get the physicality. And now while the physicality is going on, I mean the guy is in the neck brace. WWE is so protective of everybody when they have these injuries. You send down a flock of referees. And when the referees can't get close and Randy Orton's about to do the next set of physicality, you send down some, some, some of the cavalry, some of, some of the you know, lower card baby faces who can at least show that they give a shit. That's the main part that, that's a disconnect for me. I loved the entire segment. I, can't, I could sit here for three hours and tell you how great Randy Orton and Matt Hardy are in general and how great they were last night. But it's the little things that we're always talking about that would make the segment more credible and more believable. I agree. Like, it doesn't take away from what was, without a doubt, to me, the best segment of the night. Very good segment. Um, You saw emotion from the crowd. They did a great job of showing close-ups of some of the fans in the crowd. Now, on the other side, I wish fans would buy in a little bit more. I didn't need to hear the chance of one more time when Orton was using the chair. I mean, I wish fans would buy in a little bit more because they certainly did when it happened to Edge. And even when it happened to Matt the first time, but that crowd in Washington got a a little bit too clever for me but that aside they did they did do a phenomenal job but like you said bully even if it was at the end even if it was as just as a way to get Randy Orton out of the ring it would have been a lot more credible to have wrestlers come out to at least come to Matt Hardy's aid and you mentioned from people in the back and doctors, and that could have been solved easy too they could have been said Matt please don't go out there don't go out there and he could hey I just want to talk to him We're not getting physical. I'm not going to have a match. I just need to talk to Randy Orton. That would have been a good, credible way to get around it, but it would have had that realism where people aren't scratching their heads. You could have had the doctors trying to stop Matt Hardy from coming out. You could have sent down some referees to at least get close to Randy. Not just two referees, a bunch of referees. Give me six, seven, eight referees because it shows that the WWE gives a crap. Give me Jessica Carr, the female referee, to stand up to Randy Orton and Randy threatened to hit her with the chair and her having to back off. Give me all these little things that lend credibility to the story. And when the referees can't seem to stop Randy, and I'm not asking for the referees to try to physically stop Randy, When they can't stop him, Randy does the first bit of business with Matt. Now, after he gets his head caved in the first time, you would think that some wrestlers in the back, who we always see watching the monitor, would come down to try to help on the second shot. And if I just picked out Cedric and Zach just off the top of my head. You send those guys out, the crowd comes up because they see somebody actually cares about Matt Hardy just as much as the fans care about Matt Hardy. And then, boom, RKO on the floor, RKO on the floor. And, Matt, and Randy goes right back to the dirty work. That is storytelling with depth. And people, this is not me nitpicking. I swear to you, I'm not nitpicking. I saw a couple people on social media last night after I tweeted about the angle. Oh, here come, here, Bully's going to say how they could have did it better, and Bully's going to go on the show tomorrow, and he's going to nitpick. 
to me, this is not nitpicking. This is as obvious as a smack in the face to me. Like, if I'm the one putting this together, this is the, 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 the referees and the doctors and the other baby faces coming down is as important to the angle as Matt and Randy are. Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, wants you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It is simply this, that if you have good habits, you are good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. The Quip Floss Dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush head, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash busted right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash busted. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash busted. Quip, the good habits company. When it comes to smart fans, you know, when we use, you know, like a smart mark, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the smarter they are, the harder they fall, the harder they fall for it. And there's a lot of smart fans out there for they, that fall for stuff out there on social media that it just makes me laugh out loud because they fall hook, line and sinker. I appreciate the smart fans uh, that we have here in the nation who can watch and go, wow, this was really good, but. What, you know, it actually gets fans to think in a creative way. They can appreciate what they're seeing, but then think about it a little more going, wow, what if they would have did this or what if they would have did that? And that's like the conversations that I enjoy. Like every once in a while, we get somebody who calls in that comes up with a really good idea, you know, that I pop for um, and, that, and, that, and that you like also. And if you can watch wrestling from a smarter point of view in which you're still entertained, I think that's a fun way to watch wrestling. And again, it's not bashing the segment. And at the end of the day, Bull, you said it to start it off. You really enjoyed the segment between Matt Hardy and Randy Orton, but you just want to see a little bit more spice and a little bit more realism. And I think, judging from social media, a lot of our nation feels the same. Do you want to go out to the Busted Open Nation? Because there's a lot of people that want to join in on the conversation, Bully. Before you do, I just want to ask you your opinion of something. Sure. Remember when we used to watch Georgia Championship Wrestling back in the day? Yes. Remember if there was a big beatdown, how they would send some, you know, like uh, enhancement talent from the back or some younger guys from the back just to make it seem like somebody gave a shit about the babyface who was getting beaten down, right? Yep. I, I mean, look, look, at, look at the story they told. Here comes Matt Hardy to defend Edge. The last person who should want to defend Edge is Matt Hardy because of the real-life personal situation that went on. But he was able to put that personal vendetta with Randy in the, you know, put it to the side because of the history that Matt and Edge had with, you know, each other in the ring. And here's Matt Hardy to stand up and be the valiant warrior for Edge. 
But now he gets his ass kicked for two weeks, but not, and there's not one guy in the back. There's not one woman in the back. There's nobody who wants to come to Matt's aid. Matt Hardy from the Hardy Boys, who are loved and revered throughout the entire world? Come on. That's such an obvious thing to me. But I digress. Let's see what the nation has to say. All right, let's go out to the busted open nation. Let's go out to Austin and Baltimore. Austin, what do you want to say about Randy? Hey, guys, I just wanted to say that I thought Randy Orton's genius, once again, really stuck out in that segment. And I think that we need to put this guy in the joke category of heels because I'm only 20, so obviously there's guys like Roddy Piper, who I didn't get to see too much of. But I can't really think of a better heel in my lifetime than Randy Orton. In segments like last night when he RKO'd Stephanie McMahon while Triple H was handcuffed, just mm-hmm. stuff like that is what makes me think that. What do you guys think? Because I think he's probably the most underrated heel, and I think it's about time he gets put in that GOAT category. Well, I mean, great call, Austin, and thanks for it. Bully, I've said it a, a ton of times on this show. I think Randy Orton's underappreciated, and I know that sounds silly because we all know when it's all said and done, that's a guy who's a first ballot Hall of Famer you know, in any Hall of Fame when it comes to pro wrestling. But a lot of times he's underappreciated because he's not that name that we quickly say when we talk about the best of the best in pro wrestling. But he proves time and time again, especially as a heel, that he is one of the greatest of all time. Dave, you've been hearing me say it for a long time. There was something about Randy that was missing And it had nothing to do with Randy because there's nothing missing from Randy's game. He was just missing the right guy to stand across from. And now he has it in edge. And now for the past couple of weeks, he's had it with Matt Hardy. Randy was just missing that story that he could really sink his teeth into. Randy is a master puppeteer and he's a skillful surgeon. For the past two weeks, you've witnessed, you've listened and you've, and, and you've watched him play those crowds like a puppeteer. Yep. He has them eating out of the palm of his hand. He's playing them. He's slowing down with his movement. He's slowing down with his verbiage to the point that those fans are into everything that he does and says. He moves the fans in directions that he wants to move them in. And then he's a master surgeon. Look at what he did with that chair last night. You have to be really, really great at what you do with weapons and levels of violence like that for guys to put their lives in your hands. Because trust me, last night, that's putting your life in somebody else's hand. Trust to the next level. And that's why Randy is as great as I, you know, we talk about here on the show. Uh, I was thinking that last night, how much trust Matt Hardy must have in Randy Orton, that he swung the chair like he did when that head was on the steps and made it look so realistic. Like, like you're right, that that's like a surgeon. I mean, that is a guy who knows every inch of the ring inside and out to be able to f- perform that, see it on TV and make it look as real as humanly possible. The most difficult part of doing what they did last night for Matt Hardy is laying there in anticipation. 
you never know when that shot is going to come, but you have to lay there motionless, not reacting. And the body wants to react. The body will always want to save itself. It's instinctual. As a wrestler, you have to train yourself to not be so instinctual. So to lay there like Matt Hardy did and just wait and wait. And wait, because he doesn't know when Randy's going to do it, because Randy's listening to the crowd. Landy, Randy's playing off the crowd. Hell, Randy could have still been sitting there today working, you know, at, at 9.30 this morning, working the crowd. And they would have still been playing into it. So Matt's got to sit there and sit there and sit there, and then all of a sudden, wham. And when that steel chair hits those steps, it will ring through your brains. It's not easy to just lay there. It's one of the most difficult things to do. I, personally, Dave, whenever I used to have to get hit in the back of the head in wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody would, you know, uh, you know, uh, hit me from behind, I always had to spin my head around just enough just to catch him out of the corner of my eye because I was never comfortable with being blasted from behind, not knowing it was coming. It's one of the things that I just wasn't, I just wasn't really good at. I always had to sneak a peek. You sneak peeks every once in a while too. I catch you. Sometimes more three, than three seconds. Three. If it's three <laughs> seconds, we gotta have a conversation. But what I'm saying is, Matt Hardy is a warrior for laying there and taking it like a true professional. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156, or on demand with the Sirius XM app. This is a good time, taking just a, a bit of a break from Monday Night Raw, that you and I give our thoughts about what took place on Sunday. And you just heard it, Rhea Ripley defending her NXT Women's Championship against Bianca Belair in what was, I thought, a good match Sunday between the two. Dave, I think what's even more interesting than the fact that they had a good match was a lot of the feedback on social media. Fans upset that Bianca Belair did not win. You know, Mark Henry um, retweeted something. Our very own Mark Henry. Our Mark Henry who will be on WWE backstage tonight. Looking forward to that. He had to go out there and trump me. I was on the bump. He gets to be on backstage. Well, uh, Damn it. By the way... I mean, it's great to see Mark Henry on WWE backstage, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, my, Tommy and I. But again, another busted open member doing stuff with the WWE. I'm just saying. Yeah, and I hope he, uh, man, I hope Mark goes on there and kind of says what he wants to say. Yep. Because then we're going to have to come on the show to, you know, on tomorrow or Thursday and be like, damn it, Mark. Why did you speak your mind? Anyway, uh, Mark retweeted somebody the other night, and I guess this person was being very critical about Bianca not winning. And Mark's like, chill out, man. She had a great performance. She had great gear. She acknowledged Black History Month. She did a, you know, she did a phenomenal job. And Mark was getting a shitload of negative feedback on that tweet from people saying, no, it should have been Bianca. It should have been Bianca. It should have been Bianca. Why? Why should it have been Bianca right now? They Rhea just won the championship. Rhea has been on Monday Night Raw with Charlotte. Charlotte attacked Rhea. Like, why should it have been Bianca now? It's it's not the right moment for Bianca. And we know damn well that 
Bianca has an incredibly bright future. And I got to tell you, after seeing Bianca the past couple of weeks, she might have a brighter future than Rhea Ripley. That I agree with. Dave, let me ask you this. Based on the match that you saw the other night by Bianca and Rhea, right this very second, if WrestleMania is going to be a singles match with Charlotte, we know it's going to be Charlotte and Rhea. But from an in-ring performance point of view and an athletic ability point of view, would you give it to Rhea or would you give it to Bianca? I actually said that before the match I took place. And like you just said, it confirmed what I thought, what I saw on Sunday. Bianca Belair, to me, with in a match with Charlotte at WrestleMania would be a much better match. And she's more ready, I believe, than Rhea Ripley. And this is not a knock on Rhea Ripley, Bully, and I know a lot of people are going to take it that way, and I'm sure they're going to go to social media and bitch and moan. But when I see Rhea Ripley, I see somebody that's super talented, has amazing size, looks the part, but I feel is just not ready yet. And there's no shame in saying that. When I look at Bianca Belair, I, I saw a star long before what I've seen over the last couple of months. But, man, if anybody is ready, it's Bianca Belair. And I'd rather see a match with her at WrestleMania with Charlotte than with Rhea Ripley. You used the word, you said she's much more ready. Like, you think she's light years ahead of Rhea right now? I think as an athlete, her athleticism is sick. I mean, she is just a, a tremendous athlete. And and she she really is the part. Like she, you, you, you feel star when you see Bianca Belair and I love the dynamic and the chemistry between her and Charlotte. So yes, I think right now she's head and shoulders above Rhea Ripley right now. A couple of months ago, we were, you know, especially myself was, uh, you know, putting Rhea over to the moon and I still will because she deserves it. Absolutely. And I said, and, and I said, man, her, her, her stature, her look, everything about her, yeah, I could definitely see her standing face-to-face with Charlotte, and that's what they gave us. But, man, Bianca has creeped up, and she has put her foot on the gas pedal, and she's like, nah, you're not going to forget about me because I look as good as Rhea. I probably cut a better promo than Rhea, and I'm more athletic than Rhea. So uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, she's standing out to me. But for her to win the other night, absolutely not. It doesn't not make the sense. Right, not the right time. That's what's force-feeding. There's no reason for, for Bianca Belair to beat Rhea now. People, slow and steady wins the race. You always want a slow burn when it comes to building a megastar. Too much, too soon burns out a talent. Trust me, you want to simmer before you boil. That's what happened. Dave, if you put a pot of water on the stove, right? It's got to simmer before it boils. It just doesn't go from still to boil. And when you get that simmer going the right way, the boil means that much more when it comes to pro wrestling. All right, a couple of things. And and looking back at that match, and I always kind of bring it back to the world of the NFL. If you have a quarterback that you believe is your future – You don't want to rush him in that position and put him right behind the center before he's 100% ready because it could do damage. 
Now, once you've made that decision, once you've made that decision to start that quarterback, the last thing you want to do when he starts making mistakes and he starts, like, you know, treading water just a little bit, the last thing you want to do is bench him because that can completely kill his confidence. Once you've made the decision that this is going to be my starting quarterback, then you got to go with them. you got to trust your, your decision-making, and you see where it goes. But you never want to bench him because that can, can kill the momentum and kill the confidence. They made the decision to go with Rhea Ripley. The last thing you want to do, just after making that decision a month later, stripper of the title, they're going with Rhea Ripley, and let's see if she's ready. Now, watching her, hearing her on the microphone, even seeing her in that match with Bianca Belair, do I think she's ready for a WrestleMania match? I don't think she is. But you've made the decision to go with her. You can't go back on that decision now because it's only going to do damage to Rhea Ripley. And listen, maybe on the way there, things change. I'm, I, do I think they will? Probably not. I don't think I don't think Bian- Rhea loses her WrestleMania spot to Bianca, but maybe Bianca finds a way into that match. Based on what I've seen from Bianca, from the minute her music hits... Until the minute the, her segment is over, do I believe she belongs in that spot? Absolutely. Do I think she belongs in that spot over Rhea Ripley? I'm not sure. Do I think they both deserve to be there? Yeah, sure. Why not? If you're going to go with two NXT women, both of them fit the bill. And I, and I said last week... I think Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Bianca Belair can have a better wrestling match, a better three-way dance than Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda. I didn't say it was going to garner more attention. I didn't say it was going to be a bigger match. It's not going to main event WrestleMania, but from a performance point of view, from an athleticism point of view, from a storytelling point of view, I bet you it would be better. Now, I and, and listen, I'm not saying that Rhea Ripley doesn't deserve it. I just think it's a little too soon. It's kind of crazy when you think about where Rhea Ripley was eight months ago, and now she's going to be in a match at WrestleMania. It, it's pretty crazy. Now, I know in the world of pro wrestling, things change, things evolve on a very quick pace, a lot quicker pace than probably ever before. But if you were to ask me who I think is more WrestleMania ready, my answer is going to be Bianca Belair. But you couldn't just take the title off of Rhea Ripley on Sunday and give it to Bianca Belair. Though, as a fan, I was rooting for Bianca Belair. And that's what I love about pro wrestling, because even though I talk about it every day with you, Bully, I'm still a fan when I'm watching it, and I was rooting for Bianca Belair on Sunday. Dave, do you know what the number one um, pitfall or problem can be when you push a talent too hard and you put them in a spot like a WrestleMania match if they're not exactly ready for it? What's that? One word. They become what? Fill in the blank. They become... What? I don't know what. Exposed. Mm. And one of the worst things that can happen in pro wrestling is if you get exposed. When people get to see through you and they say, ah, they weren't really ready for that shot. Am I saying Rhea Ripley is going to get exposed? Absolutely not. 
but I'm based on what you're saying, how you don't think that she's ready, then there is the potential. Now, the WWE will go out of its way to make sure that does not happen. Do I think Rhea Ripley is in uh, uh, the type of performer that's on her way to getting exposed? Absolutely not. And being in the ring with a general like Charlotte puts her in the best possible situation to succeed. But when you get out there in front of that 70,000 people and it's your first WrestleMania and all of a sudden that adrenaline starts running through you, you have to be able to corral it and channel it and not mentally blow up out there. Because if you mentally blow up, you will get exposed. Not saying that's going to happen. We obviously don't wish that on anybody. But that is the number one drawback from pushing somebody too quickly. Do you think that at the end of the day that they might be pushing her a little too quickly? Like maybe it's the situation. Maybe with NXT being live on Wednesdays and them giving her the championship, this is what it's going to lead to. But looking at Rhea Ripley right now, do you think that maybe she's somebody that's more suited for WrestleMania 37 than WrestleMania 36? Here's how I'll answer that. I'm going to answer that with something that I read. And maybe this helps to answer your question. Did you guys, you uh, and Alex, please, did you read the headline that was on social media that said Triple H said in uh, in that post or in a press conference that he was shocked that Vince allowed the Rhea Charlotte angle to happen and was going to put it on WrestleMania? I did not see that. I did not see that headline. That was addressed. That was addressed in the in the post uh, press conference after uh, takeover in Portland. I could have swore I saw something on social media that said that Triple H was surprised that Vince was going to allow Rhea versus Charlotte to happen. Maybe I misread. I don't know. I'm sure the nation is on social media already, either correcting me or backing me up. But if let's just say this: if Triple H was surprised by it then yeah, it might be a little too quick. And again, this is not a knock on Rhea Ripley, but like you said, and like we talked about with a quarterback getting behind the center too too early or like a minor league getting, you know, getting called up to the major leagues a little too early. You see the talent, you see the development, you know this is a future superstar, but you have to also coddle there. That's where you really have to say, all right, is this person ready? And man, to see where Rhea Ripley was just a few months ago, now knowing she's going to be in a major matchup at WrestleMania, like like you said, it's not going to be the main event, but it's going to be one of the top matches at WrestleMania 36. Well, Charlotte Flair is involved, so it has to be one of the top matches. And in seven weeks or, or so, Rhea, Ripley, Rhea Ripley's music will hit, yep. and she will have to walk down that ramp in, in Tampa in front of, what, 70,000, 75,000 people, Dave? Yep. And she'll have to stand there across from the, the best woman wrestler in the world who's been there a bunch of times, whose nerves will be extremely low, and Rhea's nerves will be extremely high. It's just the nature of the game. You can't tell me that as, as calm, cool, and collected of a performer as you are, when you walk out there, 
poof, man, oh, that adrenaline hits you so hard that you don't know what to do with it. And you have to be used to it. It's hard to funnel it and channel it that first time. And you need years and years under your belt for it to happen. Rhea doesn't have those years. This happens to every wrestler, Dave. Some can grab a hold of it, and some it gets the better of. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Now, Bully, you talked about a headline that you saw from the post-press conference after uh, what we saw at TakeOver in Portland on Sunday, and I know, Alex, you have that quote from Triple H. Yeah, Triple H was asked about um, basically NXT's involvement in WrestleMania and the fact that they're going to be you know, highlighting NXT with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley uh, at WrestleMania 36 for the NXT Women's Championship. And according to Triple H, Charlotte appearing on uh, NXT the Wednesday prior had uh, nothing to do with USA. Uh, they had no involvement as far as them wanting to try and uh, pop the rating by having Charlotte Flair come on the, the show on Wednesday night. He said this. He said, I quote, uh, quote, I believe that this was, to be honest, it was shocking to me when it was first mentioned to me. I believe that this was really just a decision from Vince McMahon's part on understanding where the other stories are going for the women. So he's basically saying, guys, that Vince saw an opportunity here uh, with what they were doing on NXT with Rhea Ripley and, and Charlotte. They needed a big, a big women's match. And what's bigger? Then having Charlotte Flair, who's been one of the biggest you know women's stars since the women's revolution took over, and the current NXT Women's Champion face off at WrestleMania. So you know I'm gonna I'm gonna liken this to, and you know tell me if I'm wrong. This is like a major league baseball team seeing that there's somebody in their farm system that's doing really well and making some waves and saying, hey, we need to shake things up a little bit here. Let's bring them up to the to the to the main team. That, that's what that, to me, that's what's being said here. The fact that Triple H was working with real Ripley gave her that championship, and he's a little shocked. Not a little surprised, not surprised, but shocked that Vince McMahon is going with a story that's leading to WrestleMania 36, Bully. And if you go with the perception that most wrestling fans have, you would have probably have thought that Hunter – politicked for Rhea to be in this spot, right? Yep. And I use the word politicked in a, in, a, in a positive way, as in he vouched for Rhea. He went to Vince and said, hey, Vince, Rhea should be in this spot for this reason, this reason, and this reason, and presented a good case for Rhea. That's why I, I despise the fact that the word politicking in wrestling has such a negative connotation because it could be a very positive thing at times. So you would think that that's what Hunter did. Hunter's saying in this, in this uh, quote that Alex just read that he actually had no say in it and Vince brought it to him. This is all Vince wanting Rhea to be in there with Charlotte. So there you go. If, if you ask me, Dave, am I shocked that they did it this soon? Well... Obviously, the answer is yes, because Hunter was shocked that Vince did it this soon. And and listen, that doesn't mean that Rhea Ripley's not ready, because maybe Vince McMahon said to Triple H, well, let me ask you, is she ready? 
Do you think do you think your girl Rhea Ripley that you put that NXT championship belt around the waist? Do you think she's ready for this kind of moment at WrestleMania 36? And I would think that Triple H probably said, "Yeah, I do. If I didn't, I wouldn't have given her the championship. I wouldn't have given her the championship in the first place." But he's also saying that he's shocked that Vince McMahon of all people is saying, "You know what? Let's go with it and let's make it a match at WrestleMania 36." Yes, and listen, a lot of people complain about Vince saying that he doesn't have it anymore, he's he's out of touch, blah, blah, blah. How out of touch can he be if he's the one who put Rhea in this position with Charlotte? And listen, Dave, we were talking weeks ago about how much we wanted to see this. If you take Bianca Belair out of the equation, we're still probably on the Rhea bandwagon as hard as we were three, four weeks ago. But Bianca has stepped up her game yes. so much that it's not like, whoa, wait, 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 time out, time out. This girl is like, she, she not only is she catching up, she has caught up and could pass at any moment. And I love that because it's almost, that's, hey, listen. A brand new series has just come out on the WWE Network called Ruthless Aggression. Um, I, uh, uh, I got to be a part of it. Was up at you know, um, uh, you know, the, the towers a couple of weeks ago, filming for for the the show. Happy I got to be a part of it and really speak my mind on that uh, that uh, you know that era and my time there. That's when Vince was prof- professing this: go out there and grab the brass ring, grab the business by the balls, get yourself over, and I'll run with you. Man, if that's not Bianca Belair right now, I don't know what is. Bianca Belair is the epitome of ruthless aggression right now because Rhea is the chosen one right now, but Bianca said, "Uh uh-uh. Nope. Put her foot on the big pedal on the right, hit, hit the gas, and she's and and she's moving up quickly. And 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 what a great attitude to have because you know they went with somebody else and she's going to say she's probably saying to herself I'm going to make you regret that decision or I'm going to be the next woman up after that match takes place. You know what? My goal is to be in one of the main event matches at WrestleMania 37. If I'm Bianca Belair as a performer, I'm my goal is I'm going to take your spot. And that is in a business professional good way. In the spirit of competition, Rhea, I'm coming for your spot. Not that she's going to stab Rhea in the back or politic in a negative way. What she Bianca Belair is doing right now is I'm going to take my allotted time on television, whether it be one minute or 30 minutes, And I'm going to maximize my time where I'm going to get over so well that they're going to be forced to turn their heads a second time and look at me. And, and Bully, maybe she finds her way in that match. Maybe she signs so bright enough that people are going to say, you know what, we want to see Bianca Belair not only in this story but in that match at WrestleMania 36. Could happen. It definitely could happen, Dave. And, and, and Bianca is doing the one thing that whenever young wrestlers come up to you and go, hey, Bully, any advice? Yep, get over. Yeah. And right, yeah. That's it? Yep, yeah. get over. Bianca's done that. Let's go out to Justin in California. Justin, what do you want to say about Bianca Belair? Hey, 
You, you kind of stole my thunder right there, Dave. Uh, that's actually what I was going to mention is when it comes to uh, Bianca, especially with how Charlotte ended that match when it comes to giving Bianca that little shove into the stairs. Um, I think, especially with all the groundswell on Bianca Belair, I think that would be, or they might just leave her off of TV and just have you kind of forget her about her for a couple weeks. But either way, when it comes to Bianca, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility when it comes to putting her in that match at WrestleMania with all of the reaction. Because honestly, when it comes to the end of that match, it was kind of underwhelming. When it comes to, it was kind of, okay, the riptide happened, one, two, three, and I was just like, all right, I, I, I want more. I want more out of this match. Um, it was an awesome match. Uh, the whole night was awesome, but it kind of left me kind of wanting more. And what more can I have when it comes to the best possibility as to have that as a triple threat match with those two and, and Charlotte when it comes to WrestleMania? What do you guys think? You know what? I was having this conversation with Alex Metz before the show and Justin Great Call. Not every match on an NXT takeover has to be like, you know, the climax. It doesn't have to, you know, it does you don't have to be like, "Oh, that was the greatest match I've ever seen." It's okay to have a match like what we saw with Rhea and Bianca Belair. Was it a bad match? No. Was it an amazing match? It wasn't that either. It was a good match. And it's okay to have matches. Bully, it's okay to when the match is over saying, I want to see this again. I want to see more. God, I need to see more of Bianca Belair. I think that's a good feeling to have after a match like the one that we saw on Sunday. Why wouldn't it be? Not every match can be, you know, could be the greatest match you've ever seen. Although you want to go out there and have the greatest match ever so you can do your job to perform. Plus, it puts the pressure on the rest of the show to perform. Hell, look at what Keith Lee and Dominic uh, Dijakovic did. They put the gun to the head of the rest of the show and said, go ahead, follow that. Yeah. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. The direction of this story, and I liked what Shayna said last night, Bully, because... I was a little nervous about what they were going to do with Shayna Baszler's character after what we saw last night or, or after what we saw last week from Shayna Baszler. But at the same time, it was a bit confusing for me, too, because if you were going to have Becky call out Shayna Baszler last night, why did you have Shayna ba Why did you have Becky come back last week after the biting and call out Shayna Baszler? Why didn't you just not have Becky come back at all last week to anticipate what she was going to say this week? I was a little confused by that. Well, last week we were talking about how we didn't need to see Becky come back in the ambulance. We didn't want to. I would have just preferred to wait around to this week to see what she had to say. Um, Shayna on the big screen. Why? Is it because they didn't want her close to Becky because they felt like after the biting in the back of the neck that Becky would have had to have gone after Shayna? Or is it because they were worried that Shayna, with a live mic in her hand, couldn't have got the job done the way they needed it to? So they protected her by pre-taping it. Um, I think the WWE admitted in Shayna's promo that the biting of the back of the neck wasn't exactly a great idea. 
Did you pick up on that at all, Dave? I, I think, like, to me, Becky, uh, Shayna's promo was a way of kind of driving around what happened last week. It was almost like, hey, you know what? I bit you in the back of the neck. It wasn't planned. I just did it because I could. And then that was a, a great way to explain what happened last week, and then you can move on from it. Very good, Dave. You picked up on it. Shayna said, I didn't know I was going to do it. I just did it. That's kind of like her admitting that this wasn't a part. This I wasn't supposed to be a vampire, and Becky wasn't supposed to be a vampire slayer, despite what she said at the WrestleMania press conference. So we're just going to move on from that. I would have much rather Shayna have said, I didn't know I was going to do it, but I did get your attention, didn't I? Something like that. But whatever, they got past it. Um... I don't know if I'm any more invested in Shayna and Becky after last night. If I close my eyes and listen to the people's reaction to the two promos, I'm probably not. Did you hear a Portland crowd that was invested in this story last night? No, I did not. What did you hear from the people? Indifference. Mm, ooh. That's it. Indifferent... When you say the word indifferent in the world of pro wrestling, the first word that comes to my mind is gray. And gray is not a good color in pro wrestling. It's kind of like, eh. Meh. But a couple of weeks ago, I do remember you hearing, I do remember you saying that you'd be very excited to see Shayna versus Becky. Yes. Not so much anymore, huh? Well, because the way they went about it. And I, I think, and you would agree, whether you liked it or you hated it, that's what you got last week. You got people that liked it because it grabbed their attention. There was people hated it because they were afraid of where it was going to go. Then you got kind of like a half-assed explanation of what happened the week before, and you could kind of tell they are getting away from what happened last week, which is going to cause indifference, which is going to cause, all right, where are they going here? I'm a little confused. Like, again, why why did Becky show back up and call uh, uh, Shayna out just to do it again this week? So one thing that I know is, and whether you loved him or hated him, Bully, that's not the point because we're not going to get into it right now, but I did call in yesterday with my power rankings. And Becky Lynch was on my power rankings. And, man, I got so much hate on social media for having Becky Lynch on my power rankings yesterday. For a fr- and, and that's the first time that I really got a lot of backlash on social media for acknowledging Becky Lynch. That tells you right there that things are waning a little bit. Wasn't that long ago, Bully, no matter what Becky Lynch did, it was gold. You know how you were saying a lot of her fans had those blinders on? So it really didn't matter what she did because there was the blind faithful that would go in any direction Becky Lynch was going. Judging by what I saw on social media yesterday and judging by the crowd reaction from last night, I don't know if we're anywhere near where we were a year ago with Becky Lynch. We're not because Becky is no longer the underdog and Becky fighting from underneath is what people were able to relate to with Becky. Now she's the man, right? And last night she's pulling out a bag of money. 
just throwing $100 bills all over the place. First of all, people can't relate to $100 bills just being thrown away. And second of all, if you're going to have your top star who says that they should be making top money throwing around $100 bills, make sure every single bill is a $100 bill. Yeah, the close-up of the bills when you saw like a couple $100 bills and the rest were singles was not a good look. It's it just, I mean, that is a small detail that must be paid attention to. When I see Becky reach in and pull out a stack of money, like it looked like she pulled out a wad. If that, that wad of hundreds, that should be 10 grand right there. That's what 10 grand looks like. I know you've probably never seen 10 grand like not, that before. Not got, on my I salary. About, I got about 12 stacks of them sitting right here in my drawer. Um, that's 10 grand. But when she throws it all over the place and I see singles right then and there, I'm taken out of the moment. Why are there singles in there? I should see nothing but hundred dollar bills scattered all over the place. Right. A hundred percent. Now I'll say this. If she showed up in street clothes and she just was like, and she just grabbed out of her pocket a wad of bills and threw it like, hey, this is my pocket change. And, you you know, you see a few hundred bills and singles. It wouldn't be that bad. But the fact that she's she had a bag full of money and she dumps out everything out of the bag and it's a bunch of singles. It it, it lost its it, to me. It lost its luster. And again, I'm not hating on Becky because I'm the one that had Becky on my power rankings yesterday. But I'm judging from the crowd reaction. Is she still getting a good reaction? She's getting a good reaction. We're not getting the great reactions we used to from Becky Lynch. And there's a, a lot of factors to it. And a lot of the factors is the biggest one of all is the one you just said, Bully, and the fact that she is no longer the un- the underdog. Hell, she is more of that superhuman that she said a couple weeks ago than the underdog because she took a bite from the back of her neck. She took a beat down from Shayna Baszler. And you know what? An hour later, she went to the hospital, got herself stitched up. So, I mean, she stole an ambulance, drove to the hospital, got herself stitched up, stole another ambulance to drive herself back from the hospital to the arena to call out Shayna Baszler. That was unnecessary and, again, lost the connection with her fans. Uh, It's entertainment, and if you're going to do it, you have to make sense of it. Um, How come Steve Austin didn't lose the connection with his fans when he did the exact same thing? Because he always included the fans with him. You're on the ride with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Don't forget who he's going up against. He's going up against the boss. So every obstacle the boss put in front of him, he would knock it down. And he always looked for the acknowledgement from his fans. Go ahead. So what was the most important part of the Steve Austin story? You just said it. The boss. Who was the boss? Vince McMahon. What was Vince McMahon? The heel. And it takes a great heel to make a great babyface. Is Shayna Baszler a great heel? Uh, not right now. She's not. No. Is 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 biting the back of of Becky Lynch's neck making Shayna Baszler a great heel in fans' eyes? I mean, if uh, no, I mean maybe if they played it a little bit differently, it could have been, but they didn't. It, it, she was unaffected by the bite. She was back in the ring an hour later addressing Shayna Baszler, so that bite meant nothing at the end of the day. It's levels of emotional investment. 
You were emotionally invested with Steve Austin because you can relate to everything he did because of the heel he was doing it to. Can you relate to everything Becky Lynch is doing because of the heel she's doing it to? No. Did you ever see Steve Austin throwing around $100 bills? To me, if you see a wrestler throwing around money, how does it come across, Dave? It's like an an ego thing. It's egotistical. Like, okay, Becky's just throwing around hundreds. What is what is what is Steve Austin throwing around? Beer. What is Becky throwing around? Hundreds. What's more relatable? Beer. Yep. This is where I think she's losing people a little bit. There's always going to be the Becky Lynch diehards, which is the extreme left, and there's going to be the Becky Lynch haters, extreme right. And then you have those people in between. And those people in between represent the majority of wrestling fans because there's a minority of Becky lovers, there's a minority of Becky haters, and then there's the majority of wrestling fans in between who will go with the flow depending on what story that character is involved in in that given moment. And the story that Becky was involved in a year ago was very easy for the majority to get on board with. The story now is very easy for the majority to start saying, you know what, I think I've had enough of this. And, and Bully, I'm that fan that's in the middle. Because the the story a year ago was completely relatable. She wasn't getting the opportunities she deserved. You know, all those horse women from NXT, they're getting their championship opportunities and Becky Lynch wasn't. And then Charlotte gets thrown into that match at WrestleMania because she's Charlotte Flair. So now there's another obstacle that Becky Lynch has to go through in order to get that main event, be in that main event and win that main event, which she did. And she's on top of the mountain. And you're right. This story is unrelatable. And again, it's not a heel that... You know, that you fear for Becky Lynch because she took that bite on the neck. She came back an hour later, cut that promo on Shayna, and then she was at the press conferences the next day for WrestleMania 37 out in L.A., and she called herself, you know, Becky the Vampire Slayer. So all that stuff that you did with Shayna Baszler, whether you liked it or not, was dead, killed, done. Move on from it because not only did she come back an hour later, but she made a joke about it the next day. So how is how is Shayna Baszler this feared heel when you know basically Becky walked it off? She walked it off and was fine. The part that I did like about Shayna's promo last night was the relation of the cage and how comfortable she is in a cage and how at home she will be in a cage. Uh, relating the uh, elimination chamber to the octagon. That was good. Um, The rest of it, I'm sorry, it just didn't grab me. And and Dave, a lot of times I watch wrestling with my head down, and I do it on purpose. I want to see what is said that makes me raise my head up. Last night, I listen, I was all eyes and ears for Matt Hardy and Randy Orton. For Becky and Shayna, I, I, I kind of wasn't. And I definitely wasn't for Seth's um, eulogy or whatever, whatever they called it. I, I try to let the words that comes out of the talent's mouth and the way they speak those words command my attention. 
Last night, I could not get into Shayna and Becky as much as I would have liked to, with the, especially with the follow-up from the neck bite. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.